0: This is God's servant, Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray and get into God's word. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've been doing in our midst. Lord, we ask of you that you'll minister your word. Lord, your word will come to us. It's your desire that we get washed by your word. It's your desire, it's your plan that we get transformed and preserved by your word. But even as you re- re- revealed it to us, Lord, it's the word that, that preserves us, Lord. We want to be preserved by the word. In this, in this world that we live, we want to be preserved by the word. And through us, we want to preserve the earth while we are here. Because we are the salt of the earth. We pray that the word have, will have its effectiveness, Lord, will, will come to us and Lord, minister deeply to every single one here. That none of us who are listening to this word will, will remain as we are. But we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thank you. For those who are watching us online also, may them receive the word in season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So we've been talking about uh, the seed principle. And uh, last week we were looking at the importance of being reverential to the word. The importance of showing reverence unto God's so word. That's how you prepare the ground. Say prepare the ground. You prepare the ground by being reverential unto the unto God's word. You know, by trembling at his word, you draw the attention of God. Say draw the attention of God. You have God's attention if you're a person who, who trembles at his word. Man. You can read the Bible. The most obscure of people found... Um, their place in the itinerary of Jesus. Why? Because they're broken, contrite, and they tremble at his word. Amen. The most unlikely of people. It is not just some VIPs who received miracles during the ministry of Jesus. No. You are a VIP. You are a VIP. Irrespective of your social status, your uh, economic class, or whatever it is, In spite of that, you are a VIP in the eyes of God if you tremble at his word. Hallelujah. God has his eyes on you if you are a person who trembles at his word. Hallelujah. And we've been hearing about that and God has been, I hope you are, you started practicing that trembling. You started practicing that reverence unto God's word. I hope you have put an end to irreverential approach to God's word. Willfully. And you're seeking help if you need. I hope you're seeking help if you need. Concerning irreverential attitude unto God's word. you know, Allow servants of God to correct you. Allow uh, your parents to correct you. Allow your friends to correct you. If your attitude to God's word is slack. If it is uh, without reverence and worship. Psst. Are you here? Yes. Amen. Respond, respond, respond. God is doing something special. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, a diligent. Okay, now we're talking about... Uh, we've been talking about the preparation of the ground. We've been talking about different aspects of sewing. Say sewing. sowing. Say we, sowing. We, we talked about uh, the preparation, the watering, and the sowing, and the waiting. All those things we, uh, we looked at. And we'll continue to look at those things even uh, even in the, in, the, in the future. But we're gonna, today we're going to look at something else. We're going to look at the gathering of the seeds. Say gathering of the seeds. Hallelujah. It's a gathering of the seeds. Hallelujah. It's one of the most important things that you must learn in your Christian walk. The gathering of the seeds. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, one of those one of these weeks, I think when I was ministering, it was pointed out. Uh, it's sad to see the church dormant, a part of the church very dormant when it comes to collection of seeds. There is, it's not because seeds are not released to you, it's because you're not gathering it enough. Amen? Amen? It's a gathering of seeds. Yes. A diligent far, a farmer not only harvests the ripe crop for grain, say grain. grain. When I say for, for grain, the, the crop is harvested for grain, meaning the crop is harvested for food, say food. So a diligent, far, a diligent farmer not only harvests for the sake of food. Are you with me? Are you coming with me? But he also gathers the seed for the next season of sowing. Yes. Yes. That's right. We're going to come to that scripture. A diligent farmer not only gathers the, the or harvests the, the crop for the sake of eating. He also is gathering the seed for sowing. The next season. Amen? Amen. Amen? And if you're not keeping aside sufficient seed for the next season of sowing, you'll be found lacking. This gathering of seeds is a very important principle in farming. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, for for most of us, the excitement is about consuming the fruit, consuming the, the crop, the grain as food, or, you know, or selling it. For money. That's the exciting part in farming. But the truth of the matter is, even more important is your separation of the seed from the grain. All of the harvest is not considered the grain for food. All of the harvest is not considered as grain for food. There is a distinction that is made. Some of it is set aside as so, so seed for sowing. Are you with me? See, everything is seasonal. Say seasonal. In farming, everything is is seasonal. Now, every step in farming is time-based. Yeah? Even your sowing, say sowing. It has to follow an opportune time. There is an opportune time to sow. An opportune time to sow. And one of the evidences that it is time to sow is that you have enough seeds to sow. Are you with me? One of the natural evidences of sowing, time—it time, the season to sow, is what? When you see enough seed stored up in your barn. Huh? Plentiful seed, supply of seed. That's the first evidence. And there are, there are many other things which follows. So the first sign of sowing season is that you've gathered sufficient seed. So... You know that Pastor Suth used to work in um, in Kutenart amongst farmers. Uh, that was his mission field for how many years? Ten years? Twelve years? For twelve years, he ministered amongst the farmers in Kootenat. Uh, it's the mission field uh, pioneered by Pastor Joy, all of you remember Pastor Joy, yeah, my spiritual father. So Pastor Joy pioneered this work in Kootenat, and uh, Pastor Suth was. Uh, assigned his first responsibility in the ministry was uh, to be a pastor in that in that church uh, that was in Cotonard, and you can ask them. You can ask Pastor Joy. In fact, it's Pastor Joy, who told me this principle, which he has noticed in Cotonard. Okay, so when you visit them, these farmers, correct me if I am wrong. Okay, Pastor, Joy. when you visit them, let's say after a, a, after a while after the harvest season, okay? If you were to visit the homes of these farmers, some of them might, let's say the crop was not too great, the the harvest was not too great for whatever reason, seasonal, I mean climatic conditions and things like that. But for whatever reason, they didn't have enough. And some of them may even be struggling to have food. Are you with me? Some of them may be even struggling to have food. But if you visit them, you will see Sacks of seed stored up, making you wonder, why can't they eat this? Are you with me? Making you wonder, am I right? You go to their homes, you will see sacks of seed stored up in their homes and they'll be hungry sometimes. Now, they might be going through some tough situations. And if you were to ask them, there is enough seed, there is enough grain. Why can't you use it for food? And they will let you know, no, that is not grain for food, that is seed for sowing. Who is talking? Not professor in biology or agriculture, not a scientist in agriculturing, or cultivation. A farmer, huh? a famished farmer, that's, that's, that sounds good also, a famished farmer, Kotanad will let you know that not everything that is stored up in the home goes into the into the plate, yeah, onto the plate or into the tummy. That's right. Because some of them, some of that is kept aside, a good chunk is kept aside, a considerable portion is kept aside as seed for sowing in this next season. Amen. They don't compromise. They don't compromise on sowing seed. They don't compromise on keeping it aside. Yes. Hallelujah. So the, the farmer in Kutunad has the intelligence, the wisdom, right? He has the intelligence, the wisdom to keep aside seed for sowing. And Christians need to learn from them. Amen. You and I need to take some lessons from them. Hallelujah. Not everything that comes as your income is, your, is for your gratification. Four people agreed with me. Not everything that comes as income into your hands, your pocket money, your salary, your proceeds, not everything is for the gratification of your needs or meeting your needs. God does not only provide bread for the eater but he also provides seed for the sower. Amen. Amen? Let's read that. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Okay, look at the order one more time. Now, he who supplies what? Oh, one more time. Now, he who supplies, what's the order? Seed to the sower. And? So, let, let's, let's put numbers there. Now, he who supplies, one, two, Bread for food, one more time. He who supplies one two one more time. He who supplies one two will supply and multiply your one for sowing and two increase the harvest of your righteousness, and you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Look at that, even in the in the eyes of God, God who established the seed principle. In his principle, in his scheme of things, what comes first? Seed to the sower. God will provide seed to the sower and bread for food. So we are learning basics, say hey, basics. We're going back to the basics. Somewhere down the line, we lost, we got it all mixed up. We don't understand the importance of getting this order right. What is more important? Your pressing need or the opportunity to sow? I know the answer will be slow because we all have pressing needs waiting to be materialized. I'll ask you one more time. What is more important? Your pressing need or that um, that dream of yours you've been pursuing and waiting for so long or your opportunity to sow? Are you sure? The higher priority must be sowing. Sowing must take a higher priority than what? Eating. Sowing must take a higher priority than consuming. God provides first and foremost for sowing. And then he provides for your bread, eating. Hallelujah. Now this, this teaching applies in, in varied ways. Teaching this teaching on seed gathering applies to you on two fronts, on two aspects. One, it applies to your approach to God's Word. Are you with me? So we're talking about seed gathering. we're talking about first seed for sowing and then bread for eating. Okay, this principle applies first and foremost to your approach to God's word and then to your approach in giving. Are you with me? Just flow with me, flow with me. I'm going to explain both. I'm going to explain both. It applies to your approach to God's word because seed is what? God's word. But seed is also your giving. You understand? okay. Seed is God's word. So how how you perceive the seed of God's word and how you perceive your giving both comes under the, the scope of this teaching. So I'm going to explain the first one. Seed gathering as how it applies to the approach, your approach to God's word. Unless you gather, okay, listen to this. This is very important. And this is one of the reasons, the, the lack of understanding concerning this is one of the reasons why Christians are found lacking. not just in terms of possession, I'm talking in terms of uh, solutions, in terms of comfort, in terms of uh, favor, in terms of favor, in terms of, terms of wisdom, in terms of uh, uh, rest, that's right. Oh, rest. Christians are found lacking because of the lack of understanding concerning this principle. Your approach to God's word must follow this principle. God gives His word first and foremost for you to sow for a later season. It's a, See, I've, I've, I remember doing this uh, word some time back. I told you God's word is prophetic. I don't know how many of you remember that. God's word is prophetic. It comes before of time. It comes to prepare you. And to equip you before you hit that season where you are in need of that word. Yes. Hallelujah. Now some of the things that you learned in school did not come in handy when you were in school. But now that you are working somewhere or running a business, the things that you learned in school, you were like, going, why am I writing the exams on addition and subtraction and division and multiplication? It didn't make any sense to you. Percentage and fractions and All those things didn't make any sense to you. But that's how education comes. It comes ahead of the season. But when you stepped into a a career, the things that you learned even in school came in handy. In fact, some of you are thriving because of the lessons that you learned in school. The power of the things that you have learned. And this is all the more true concerning God's word. It's all the more true concerning God's word. God's word comes to you ahead. Say ahead. Amen. Much ahead of the required time or the set time for you to use that word. Yes. But the problem is when the word came, you didn't take it in. You didn't collect it. You didn't gather it. It just came, hit on you and fell to the ground by the wayside. You didn't collect it. You didn't gather it. No, I've gathered God's word not being able to make sense of it when I gathered it. Let me see how many of you have been through that. I've gathered in God's word not being able to make sense of why am I receiving this word now? Because I, I was nowhere close to what the word was ministering to me. The description of the the word which came to me did not really apply to me when the word came to me. But it kept coming to me over and over. And I realized that God is trying to tell me something. And he's trying to teach me something. And he's preparing me ahead of a season wherein I will be warned of this word. Like we heard today, the word will preserve you. You put salt to preserve whatever you pickled for a long season. It stays for a long time. Like that, the word of God will come to you, will keep you preserved. It will not, see, the, the what you have cooked will not go stale in the first few days. But the preservatory is added to keep it extended, the shelf life extended beyond those first few days. The word which came to you may not make sense to you when it came to you, but at a later time, I've realized that God was giving me the seed for sowing at a later time. Hallelujah! God wants you to be a, a diligent seed collector. Say diligent. Say diligent. Say diligent. Say diligent. Now we have this word in in businesses. We 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 have this word in management. We there's something called as due diligence when companies uh, consider mergers acquisitions taking over transactions big transactions they have a team in their in that establishment which will do due diligence to prevent any mishap to prevent any mistake to prevent um, anything going wrong so they go and search things out so likewise your seed gathering must have due diligence it must be diligent you cannot be a, uh, an ignorant, um, lazy, say lazy. You cannot be lazy when it comes to seed gathering. Do not underestimate the power of the word that you are being exposed to. Do not underestimate the power of the word that you are being exposed to. Maybe you came for Bible study. Five, five days you came and uh, the, te- the Bible teacher is teaching the same thing. Blessed are the merciful. They shall receive mercy. And you're like, But I'm telling you, you are being exposed to God's word, which may not really make sense when you're hearing it. But that's a seed that is being given into your hands, which will come to your aid, which will come as a blessing to you at a later season. Don't underestimate the power of the word that you're being exposed to. Never get so familiar with God's word. Familiar. Familiarity brings contempt. The contempt, know that you feel. Ah, even a Psalm 23. From then, I know this. If a mother wakes me up in the, in the sleep and asks me, Psalm 23, I will, read, I will recite the entire Psalm. But I want to tell you, Psalm 23 has the power every single day of your life. Some of you don't have, have not read Psalm 23 in a very long time. You are reading through the book of Revelation because you have graduated from Psalm 23. That's a problem. That's, because we don't understand the depth, the profoundness of God's word. The power in God's word. The power in God's word. It's infinite, that's right. It's infinite, it's deep. Kings, that's right. A word from God changed a shepherd boy into one of the greatest kings. That's right. Be a diligent seed collector. Whether it is your personal study of God's word or it is the word that you hear in church or it is the word you just randomly heard. You went to Marthoma residential school. I'm talking to my team, Revelation Church band. You you went there, you are standing at the back listening to the, the assembly. Who is ministering? Fourth standard kids are okay. Let's not say they are, they are. Okay, they are ministering actually. Yes, they are ministering, and they are. They have a a worship song. That song must minister to you, and they have a reading from Proverbs chapter nineteen. It must minister to you, and then they have a, an interpretation of the of the reading. I was blown. Me and David were saying, what is going on here? It's like Bible college. At least that part of it. Praise God. Because God has established some systems in in these schools which cannot be messed with. It's 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 the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness of God. Somebody prayed maybe 20 years back, 30 years back for that school. That's why things are still continuing. Don't despise those things. So you are standing there coming from Revelation Church band. You've been to many schools this year already. The word is being ministered. Ah, fourth standard kids. We are a revelation church band. Don't despise that word. Collect that word. Collect that seed. It will not come in handy then probably, but it will come in handy. It will come to your help, your blessing. Maybe the very next day. Are you with me? Hallelujah. No, the, 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 the kind of things we allow to distract us when we are listening to God's word the kind of things that we allow to distract us when we are listening to God's word, the number of excuses that we have for not collecting the seed of God's word, the number of excuses, the kind of excuses that we have for not collecting the word. Listen, the most important thing right now, going on right now, it's not the experiment that they're doing in some laboratory somewhere. No. The most important thing right now pertaining to your life is you listening to God's word. You can switch off the rest of the world. If you can listen to God's word, you are set for life. But we have so many worries. I, I, I'm worried about the, 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 the stock market. Because I have lot made a lot of investments. When the, when the worship is going on, I, I'm, I'm really worried. If I'm not watching the numbers, the indices, it might go somewhere else. I, I'm worried about what I'm going I'm to give as lunch to my children. I'm, I'm worried about feeding my dog. The number of things you get worried which distracts you from listening to God's word and collecting the seed of God's word. Slap yourself, slap yourself. Nothing is more important than God's word. Nothing is more important than God's word. Nothing is more important than God's word. Only one thing. And Mary has chosen. Hallelujah. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Do you know that, you're like, okay, sitting at the feet of Jesus. That is Mary. Do you know that you are right now sitting at the feet of Jesus? You're right now sitting at the feet of Jesus from the from morning till the, from the time you came here. You're sitting at the feet of Jesus. You can decide to choose that one thing. That one thing that can change your life. Amen. All your needs concerning your marriage will be met if you pay attention to God's word. I'm telling you, that's how it works. Yes. That's how it works. Do not underestimate the power of that word. It's the seed which you need to diligently gather. It may seem far from the situation that you're going through right now. It may not make any connect with what you're going through right now. You might be coming to church and, okay, this does not apply to me. Maybe the pastor is uh, preaching on finances and you have finances all set. You have enough uh, extra also for the next few months and you're not worried about any needs. And you might be wondering, okay, what does this word have to do with me? You never know. You never know. If the word has come to you, it, has, it is sent from God with a purpose. It will not return to him void. It is not sent to return to him void. It's loaded. Say loaded. loaded. It is, the word of God is loaded with your blessing loaded with your breakthrough, loaded with your deliverance, loaded with everything that you need in life. If you can cherish that word which came to you, it'll be a blessing to you. The word regarding provision may sound irrelevant to your current status, but God sees your tomorrow. God sees you tomorrow. God sent word, gather all the grain, gather all the grain. Famine is coming, famine is coming. It was a word concerning provision. They didn't feel the need of it. There's abundance all over the world. Then after that, that season of abundance, famine came. And the ones who heeded to God's word became the ones who were sought after. You will become sought after if you cherish the word of God. You will be sought after. You want to be sought after? I want to be sought after. You will be sought after not by doing any gimmicks. You will be sought after for the right reason if you can listen to God's word and give heed to God's word. Hallelujah. God sees you tomorrow. You can see a time coming when you will need to apply the word that you are going through, that that you are listening to right now. Maybe your pastor is teaching about divine health and you are fit as a fiddle. Pastor is teaching about health and healing, divine health. The all-sufficiency of the sacrifice of Jesus, the broken body of Christ, and he's exposing on that and telling you that you can walk in divine health and you are fit as a fiddle. You don't feel the need do you even listen to it? Why? Because your, your vitals are all functioning fine. Your numbers are all good. But the word is coming to you with a purpose. Teaching you, equipping you for a season ahead of you. Where you will need to take this word which came to you and sow the seed of that word for it to manifest as a blessing. Amen. There might be a season where, it's got, where you're going to face there's going to be some challenges concerning your health and immediately you have seed to sow. Hallelujah. And you can go to sleep because you have seed to sow. Yes, sir. You'll not be worried. Amen. So instead of running from this doctor to that doctor to this hospital to this, that hospital and eating all the medicines in the world you can just depend on the word which came to you maybe one year before that. Amen. Maybe two years before that. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't underestimate the power of the word which comes to you. Is it is equipping you, preparing you, making you strong. It's already granted to you. A Christian must not be found in panic mode. Oh. A Christian must not be found in panic mode. When the storms come, when the rains come down, when the floods came up, the Christian must be sleeping peacefully in the house which is built on the rock Of God's word. Here we see Christians running from pillar to post. Some rumor of war in Russia. Somebody said that they might resort to nuclear bombs. Somebody said. Somebody said. And here you're worried. So worried. You can't sleep. You're having sleepless nights. Christian must always sleep like a baby. You must be able to sleep like a baby. If you have sleeplessness, deal with it. Get into God's word. If anybody has a problem with sleeping, get into God's word. Get into God's word. It will put you to sleep. It will put you to sleep. In the right manner. Not because it is boring, but it will comfort you. It will give you peace. Amen. In the, what did Jesus do? He was in the boat. All the disciples were, oh, look at that storm. We're going to be killed. uh, The the winds and the waves are raging. Water is coming inside the boat. How can you sleep, Jesus? Don't you care for us? Word, say word. word. The word will put you to sleep. You might be sailing the roughest season of your life. The word will still put you to sleep. You will be still fresh. When that season is over, you will be still fresh. He still continued to minister. He did not take a break from ministry after that rough season, a rough day in the sea or a rough night in the sea. Did he? Did Jesus take a break after facing that rough weather in the sea? No, he did not. He woke up into ministry. He woke up into blessing. He woke up into ministering. He woke up into healing people, delivering people. Why? Because he slept like a baby. He woke up and, you know, even calmed the sea. Be still. still. That's right. He had word. That's right. That's his word. That's the word that he sowed. Hallelujah. A word-collecting Christian will not be found panicking. A word-collecting Christian will not be found panicking in any situation. He or she will know exactly what to do, exactly how to handle Are you collecting seed? Collect seeds. Don't go with an empty bag after service. Don't come out of your quiet time having received nothing from the Lord. Some of you, the moment you step out of the room, you already forgotten which passage, passage did I read. Now we do a check with, uh, with our children. What did you read? What did God speak to you? Which passage? Which reference? What was the lesson that you learned? Hallelujah, be a diligent gatherer of God's word. Show some due diligence. Don't sit in church feeling like this does not apply to me. The most irritating expression in church is when the person is indifferent to God's word. If the preacher man is irritated, how much more? The Spirit of God yes. who gave the word to the preacher man. Yes. Yes. And do not be, I tell people do not be an Achayan in the kingdom. Achayan. Courtney people will should know what Achayan means. Do not be an Achayan in the kingdom. Achayans usually take the last seat, the last row bench. They'll have shimmery shirt. They'll have a munda, have a chain, the button will be loose, the chain showing. Can think, think, pictureize it. Don't be like that when it comes to God's word and a chine. because a is so busy. A has to sit at the back. A phone call might come. That's right. Seen it all, know it all, heard it all. Does not apply to me. A child is running the show from behind. Don't be like that in the kingdom. That's why you know, I told you about that experience that I had. You no, know, this this week, do not prevent the little children from coming to me. Do not hinder them from coming. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. God woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning to tell me this. And asked me to read it multiple times. And I'm staying awake from 3 till morning. Before my time of ministry. Just reading it, trying to sleep. And then again, read it, go to sleep. Read it, go to sleep. But this is what the Lord told me. Be like a little child. And appreciate those who are like little children. Just because you're ministering to school children doesn't mean that you can take it easy. No, give, go full. Go full. Go all the way. Because God is doing something. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs such as this. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Be hungry, be expectant, be excited. Be excited. You should have seen how the kids were responding. Afternoon, after lunch, that's a nightmare for any, any teacher, any, um, uh, any minister, any m- music band. It's a nightmare. Oh, afternoon, after lunch. These kids came. They were not letting us go. The teachers had literally dragged them out of... Last song. We are seeing them come, to the, come into the stage. They walk up to us. We had to stop. Because we are worried whether somebody will fall. Be excited. Like little children. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we are running a camp. I hope all of you feel that it is your camp. You must feel it's ours. You must be like, okay, what can we do? How can we be a part of it? How can we get involved? Do not be an achayan. I know it all. all, I heard it all. Unmoved by the word. But be actively involved in collecting seed. Think about the future. Be mindful of your future. Your future is at stake if you're not collecting seed. Now sometimes you, you look at people and you wonder, then why? What is wrong? An entire season you preached on something. God's spirit ministered something. And then you still find somebody who is totally disconnected from the teaching that came to that person. And you wonder what is wrong. Don't be in that place. Your progress must be evident to all. Your progress must be evident to all. What must you do for that? What does the word say? Take pains with these things. Take pains with these things. Meditate on these things. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in these things. Which things? The word of God which came to you. So that your progress will be evident to all. Don't disconnect from the word. Don't disengage yourself from the word. The devil has got so many things to help you, help you. Disengage from the word. He's got so many weapons up his sleeve. So many tricks up his sleeve to disengage you from God's word. You must not be unaware of his schemes. You must not. You must be aware of the schemes of the enemy so that you will not fall prey to his tricks and get disengaged from God's word. Choose to engage yourself with God's word actively engage yourself with God's word. When the ministering is happening, involve in in that. Now just like the preacher, preacher, my pastor got on there and he'll sweat, he'll he'll feel breathlessness and all because he's preaching. No, you must feel that. When the ministering is going on, you must feel that. You must come because it's God's word. You must come with the word. Get involved. Respond. Jump. Dance. Rejoice. Celebrate. Repeat. Say, so respond. Respond, respond, respond. Flow with God's word. Engage with God's word. Engage with God's word. Embrace. Hold fast. Hold fast. Cling to God's word. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to the word of God. That's right. God is, God is sharing his glory, his divine nature. His invisible attributes. his eternal power. He's sharing with you. You're partaking of the nature of God when you partake of God's word. The promises of God are given to you for what? That you may be a partaker, an associate of his divine nature. An associate of his divine nature. That you can deal with his nature. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His promises are given to you for that. His magnificent promises. His precious and magnificent promises are given to you so that you can partake of His divine nature. God does not want you to live a lackluster life. God does not want you to have a, a bo- boring, mundane, ordinary life. No. God's desire is that you're bubbling all the time and you're composed about the things that are going on around you. A Christian must be so composed in life. So composed in life. So composed in life. Nothing must shake you. Nothing must shake you. The reaction time to come back to your senses must be the quickest for a Christian Amen. because you have so much of a word in you. Hallelujah. Something bounced off you, you were taken by surprise, but quickly you reacted. Yeah. You're back on your feet. I will not be greatly shaken, I will not be, will not be moved. Say, moved. Amen. I will not be greatly shaken. Hallelujah. He will not fall headlong. That's why he gets up every every single time. You will not be moved. Moved. You will not be moved. Unmoved. Say unmoved. Unshaken. Hallelujah. So God is sending word ahead of you so that you will reap the benefits. When that situation comes by in your life, you have the seed which is the right seed, the seasonal seed. See, the seed has an opportune time to be sown. So God will give you the seed beforehand so that when the opportune window of time comes, you have seed in your bag. You have seed in your barn to sow. And he bountifully supplies seed. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So now this is how it applies to your approach to God's word. The gathering of seeds. How it applies to your approach to God's word. I can, I can go on. There is so much I can say from this. But I would like to take you to the next topic also. Seed gathering as it applies to the area of giving. Can you do that also? Yes. yes? yes. The area of giving. So go back to the, 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 the farmer in Kutunad. The diligent farmer in, in any part of the world will not touch his seed. He will not touch his seed. Because he has already defined what is seed, what is grain. He separated the two. There's a seed, I will not touch it now. Till that opportune time comes for me to sow, I will not take it for anything else. What he will live by? The, the grain that is separated from the, the seed. He knows how to distinguish the seed from the grain. And we ought to approach giving in this manner. We ought to approach giving in this manner. What comes first? Say seed. And then the bread. One more time. Say seed first. Bread then. Why is it that we have it all, Ulta? Yes. Breakfast, and if there is something left over, see, God does not want your leftover. Please don't give God your leftover. Whether it is your own life, it is your, uh, your uh, efforts, your ministry t- uh, time, God does not want your leftover. He does not, He can live without it. He, he remains as God even without your leftovers. That's right. Gave the first fruits to God. Now we are talking about wonderful teaching that we had on Friday. We are talking about serving. God does not want your leftover when it comes to sowing. Okay, look at okay. Let's go back to the okay. The Lord is leading me into that passage. Go back to the life of Hannah. We look at the life of Hannah. Let's go back there. First Samuel chapter one. Verse 11, chapter 1, verse 11. First Samuel, chapter 1, verse 11. You're there? Thank you. And she made a vow, say vow, a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy maidservant, and remember me, and not forget thy maidservant, but will give thy maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord a few days of his life. The fag end of his life. The days when he's on leave. The, the days when he has after he has made enough money to run the house. After he has pursued his dreams. After he has settled down in life and God has still married off. I will give him to the Lord. Is that what your Bible says? That's what all your Bible says, all the versions? Huh? Your Bible says like that? I will give him to the Lord. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Is that what the Bible says? I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And the razor shall never, say never, never, come on his head. That he'll be under a Nazarite vow. He'll be pledged to God. A serious pledge to God. And now you can say, oh, the, the spur of the moment, Hannah was really disturbed. She was really desperate. Sometimes, how we say things like, ah, I'm not gonna Just, yeah, I'm said, you, you understand my situation, no? I was without a child, and this penina, she was always making fun of me. Though my husband loved me, you know. He told me that he loves he's better than 10 sons, but I still wanted one son. But the firstborn son. If God gives me a few more sons, one of them I'll give. That's what I meant. That day I didn't paraphrase it right. I didn't phrase it right. But what I meant is, one of my sons. Did Hannah do that? Did Hannah do that? Did he keep her wife? The one who opened her womb and came out. Who's this? Samuel. She took him. Before she had other children. Before she had other children, she committed. Say committed. Say there is no service without commitment. There is no giving without commitment. Your commitment is topmost. Say topmost. The most important thing that you show in worship is commitment. Commitment. And even when, when, finally when this happened, the child came forth and she's holding the baby and then the Lord, uh, she remembered her vow. And Elkanah asked her, so now, we're going to the temple. He said, I'm not coming now. I have to wean him first. The dirty job I have to do, clean him up, wean him up, and then when he's ready, I'm going to give him to the Lord. All, because the rest of his life is going to be serving, he's going to be serving the Lord. Today we will give unfinished products unto God. Undone things unto God. Half cooked unto God. Leftover unto God. Don't do that. Don't do that. The torn notes go into the offertory bag. I'm giving you time to think. What is that unwholesome offering that you give unto God? You don't understand who God is. God does not want your tidbits, He does not want your leftovers. When God gave said the principle, the firstborn shall belong to the Lord, it's a principle that He meant. It's a principle that He meant. When the salary comes, what's the first thing that you do with this? When your salary comes, credits. When the salary gets credited in your account, what's the first thing that you do with it? Buy that expensive gadget for yourself? Or buy provision for the house? Go on a vacation somewhere? What's the first thing that you do? When some proceeds come forth from a sale, from a transaction, what's the first thing that you do? Do you eat the bread first or you keep aside the seed for sowing? Apply it, apply it, apply it. These are not mere words, apply it. Look at your situation. This applies to every single one of you. Right from the baby here all the way up to the, the eldest person in this church, it applies to every single one of you. How do you approach the sowing principle? How do you approach the seed? Which comes first in your life? The bread or the seed? Where's your diligence when it comes to your giving? You ought to set aside seed, say seed. For sowing. Maybe for some immediate sowing or for some later sowing depending on the the opportune time but you set aside seed the principle is that you set aside from the, the top the best that's the principle the top said the top the topmost belongs to god the best belongs to god when you give don't give second class things to anybody don't give. you find fault in something and then you don't give That faulty thing, keeping for yourself the the, the better one. If you're giving somebody, give the best. Give the best. Find out the best that you can give, the best that you can afford, give. Whether it is to God, unto God, unto God, no questions asked, but even unto others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's your seed. No, I was talking about this. And Nisha and I were talking about it, and she said, "Normally, when we planned, when you are planning a crop, when you are planning a plantation, a cultivation, the the best seeds, the healthy seeds are handpicked. The big, healthy seeds are handpicked for sowing. Not the defective ones. Do you know that? That's right. Then only it can produce. Huh?" its own kind, the healthy kind. So your harvest is dependent on the kind of seed you have sown. If you have sown defective ones, don't expect huh? That's right. Don't expect a great yield. If your sowing was defective, your yielding will also be defective. He who sows sparingly will also reap Sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Simple, no? no? If I can repeat this verse three times, even Caleb will say it. Sow sparingly, reap sparingly. so bountifully, reap bountifully. Easy, no? Leah, easy. Why is it that we, we are so ignorant about these things? Why is it that we don't apply this into our giving? Are we trying to trick God? Are we trying to trick God? Are you robbing God? Robbing God? Let's go there also. Thank you for reminding me that. Malachi, chapter 1. Yeah, 3, but let's read from chapter 1. There's a passage, if I remember correctly. Malachi, chapter 1. Verse 6. A son honors his father. And a servant is master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? Who is asking this? If I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest, who despise my name? But you say, how have ye despised thy name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how, how have we defiled thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind, say blind, blind, for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Give it to the government. Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? Say, the Lord of hosts. But now... Will he not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us with such an offering on your part? Will he receive any of you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates so that you, may not, you might not uselessly kindle fire on my own. Uselessly kindle fire. Oh, this applies to everything that you do unto God. Uselessly kindling fire. I hope hope all the musicians here will read this passage next time you come to church. Just read that. Uselessly kindling fire. That somebody would shut the gate on you that you will not uselessly kindle fire on the altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts. Nor will I accept an offering from you. For from the rising of the sun, even to its setting, My name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense is going to be offered to my name. And grain offering that is pure. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you are profaning it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And as for its fruits, its food is to be despised. And you also say, my, my, how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring what is what was taken by robbery and what is lame or sick. So you bring the offering. Should I receive that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the swan, swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it. Look at that. A male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifice a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts. And my name is feared among the nations. See, when, when you go back from your commitment unto God, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. When you go back, when you walk away from your commitment unto God, it's a very dangerous place to be. For whatever reason, we, we don't understand the, the gravity of this. Uselessly kindling fire. That's right. That, that's right. Useful for us. God wants that fire to be useful for. God wants your worship unto God to benefit you. God wants your offering to benefit you. And he's giving us lessons. Let's go back to First Samuel. I'm reminded of something else. Chapter 2. What happened to the sons of Eli? The time when Samuel, who was vowed by his mother, was presented to God. You must see the stark contrast of the sons of Eli, the priest. What they were doing. Now the sons of Eli, verse 12, chapter 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Say worthless men. They did not know the Lord. They were ministering in the temple, by the way. They were priests unto God. But the Bible says they did not know God. So it is possible to minister unto God, minister and not know know him. And the customs of the priest with the people. They did not know the Lord and the custom of the priest with the people. When any man was offering a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three-pronged fork in his hand. And he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or kettle caldron or pot and all that the folk brought up the priest would take for himself thus they did in shiloh to all the israelites who came there also before they burned the fat the priest servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing give the priest meat for roasting as he will not take boiled meat from you only raw but if the man said to him, they must surely burn the fat first and then take as much as you desire, then he would not say, no, but you shall give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. The sin of the young men were very great before the Lord, for the men despised the offering of the Lord. There was specific instruction from God on how to worship him, on how to take what they can take. They were allowed to have a specific portion that belonged to them. The breast and the right thigh, if I'm not mistaken. After burning the fat. Not while it is cooking. And this is robbing God. Who can intercede for him? So Eli warned them also. That in the, see, in the backdrop of this evil is where Samuel was presented by his mother A pleasing offering unto God. What was vowed unto God was, the commitment was, the commitment was met, honored, the commitment was honored. The vow was honored when she said, all the days, this boy shall serve the Lord. He shall be a servant unto God. When you give, give without strings attached. When you serve, Serve without strings attached. When you worship, worship without strings attached. Don't place your conditions in worship. Don't place your conditions in giving. You must be, you must be f- able to freely, say freely. Freely worship. Freely give. Because you have freely received, therefore you must freely give. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 onwards. Bring the Sorry, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have you robbed thee? In tithes and contributions, you have cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now on this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more need. That's the God that we serve. It's about you. In the, in the heart of God, in the mind of God, it's about you. Amen. It's about you. It's about your well-being. It's about your blessing. Amen. It's about your future. You, I hope you heard that two things, that observation. Uh, the man of God who ministered in that land, he observed two things. One, when the floods come, the, they, they go through flood multiple seasons of the year. Uh, I visited that area when they are under flood. It's a terrible place. You don't, can't see road, nothing. And they're used to it. So now, when the floods happen, all the kids, all the young people will run to, you know, protect their, their mobile phones, their electronic gadgets, things like that. Um, but the elders who's got wisdom, they will protect the seed from getting uh, destroyed or wet. Yeah? That's one observation that he has made. The second is, when the, the floods happen, they'll bring all the seeds to the church because church is on a higher ground. And it's a symbolic, uh, you know, truth, fact, which underlines the fact, a symbolic uh, underlining of the fact that the church is the safest place for your future, for your belonging. The house of God, the, the house of God, even a swallow will find its nest safe, safe. It's a safe. The, most, the safest investment that you can, you can make in your life is investment into God's kingdom. Amen. Give to the kingdom of God. Amen. Bless servants of God. Run the ministry with your wealth. Sat- safest investment. Yes, yes, yes. There'll be no room. That's, it's, 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 test me on this. Not, 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 it's not pastor's word. It is not a minister's word. It's the word of God. Test me now on this. You can test God on this. Test God on this. And sometimes I wonder why Christians are not amongst the multi-billionaires the way it is supposed to be. Because they have not completely understood this principle. Because silence speaks volumes. God's desire is for Christians to be at the top when it comes to wealth. You know, I might get um, ridiculed for saying this, but there's the truth. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the, for the righteous. And it's a, it's a reality. The, the end time wealth transfer is a reality. So it's, God is just waiting for Christians to catch up to this revelation. That he is raising up faithful ones to run the show. To run the show. He is waiting for faithful ones. Not the kind of ones who are, get some money, they forget God. No. God is waiting for some faithful ones. He's raising up such an army. Amen. Amen. This is this is what the Lord has been speaking to me for so many years now. Amen. And this, it's going to happen. He is the one who gives you the power. Say power. power. The make, to make wealth. You know, I don't know how many of you realize that it is still, this scripture is still part of the Bible that we read. He's the one who gives us the power to make wealth. Not to Not to eat, but to sow. The power to make wealth, to sow. First of all, catch a vision for the kingdom of God. You must have vision for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen? To bless, to give. And now I have realized this. This has happened to me. I've lost count. You can ask, ask my wife also. I've, this is, I've lost count following this principle. The moment I decide to bless somebody, I may not have that provision with me at that point of time, but the moment I decide to bless somebody with something big, I've seen breakthrough in finances. It happens. Because God is just waiting to see somebody ready to sow. Man, He's just waiting for... For people who can partner with him. Amen. With this principle. Amen. Amen. Make giving a priority. Say priority. priority. Give from the top. Give from the best. Amen. Give the fat. Amen. Give without strings attached. Give as your purpose in your heart. Amen. Amen. Hannah did not change her purpose. Hannah did not change what she has in her heart. She committed herself to following through. Amen. And God blessed her with Six children, six children. She had six in total. She received five more after she, sh- she sold one. She sold one. She received a fivefold. Fivefold. That's how many, how, many, how much is the percentage? Six hundred percent? 100 is double. So 400 percent? Four hundred percent returns. gave one to God, got five more. Hallelujah. So this is only a test God. Taste of it. Taste of it. So I've, I've realized one thing about giving. If you get a taste of giving, you will never stop giving. Okay? The, the struggle is only to get the taste of giving and the benefits of giving. But once you get the taste of the blessings that follow giving, you will not stop. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So you, you learn two principles. Two, the, uh, one principle as it applies to two things. When gathering of seeds, for, uh, when it comes to your approach to God's word, gathering of seeds when it comes to your giving. Amen. You have to gather seeds. You, have to get, you need to have seeds. Whether it, come, whether it is about God's word coming to you, whether it is about your, your finances or money or whatever it is coming to you, you need to have set aside seeds. So, Amen. Let's give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us. Clear word came from heaven today. Thank you, Father, that you are changing our perspectives. You are challenging us, Lord, to test you on this. And Lord, you are not a. You, you don't go, go away from your word. You stand behind your word. You stand behind your word. Everything that your word says is true. Lord, you're teaching us about worship, you're teaching us about service, you're teaching us about ministry, you're teaching us about commitment. Thank you, Father, there is this great wealth in these things that we learn. Oh, Lord, we ask of you that you will help us, Lord, to apply these things in our lives, in our ministry, in our giving, in our worship, in our family, in our homes, in our church, that we may, we may be found full of seeds and sowing in every season where sowing is due. Thank you, Pa. Thank you. That we will not be found panicking in a season of distress, in a season of trouble. We will not be found panicking, but we will be found composed and, and easily sailing through, sleeping like a baby, at rest. Thank you, Pa, for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. Continue to minister to your people, Lord, even through the rest of this week. Lord, we come at uh, the camp inheritance into your hands. Father, come at each of us who are going to be part of this, Lord. We pray that you'll grant us a blessed time. Thank you. It's it's the birthing of new things. It's a new season that you're opening up, Lord. And we desire to see manifestations of your glory, even in our midst, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even as a a team is going to go and set up things, Lord, we pray for wisdom. We ask for your guidance, your protection upon us, Lord, and unity in in the things that we do together. Thank you, But Come at all these into your hands, Father. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Hello, this is
0: Nisha Dhalakos. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.